You know, we are in for a special treat today, and I'm not just talking about the ice cream truck that will be here when service is over this morning. But today we have our dear friends, um, dear friends of Avenue and dear friends of Pastors Jeremy and I, um, our friends, Pastors David and Randall Arujo. And so we got to just give you a little bit. We have served together for so many years, pastoring alongside of them in East Las Vegas. We have served tens of thousands of people through outreaches led under the direction of Pastor Randall. This is a dynamic couple. And I remember a couple years ago when they shared with Jeremy and I that it was a God-sized dream in their heart to plant a life-giving church in the heart of Los Angeles. We knew they could do it because there is, there's such a tenacity, a passion, a die-hard commitment to the call that God has placed, not just on their lives, on their family. So they moved their three children, a lot of team members to the heart of LA to plant their church, the Heart LA. And so I am just so, it's a pleasure to partner with them as we partner with many churches across the nation because we believe that is the best way for someone to come to know Jesus is if a life-giving church is planted in their community. But it is my immense pleasure to welcome them to the platform this morning to share the word of God with you guys today. So would you guys get on your feet? Let's welcome Pastors David and Randall. All right. There's a point for this later, I promise. Well, we are excited to be here. I'm Randall. And I'm David. That's right. We, we, we have to announce that because uh, if we don't tell people who we are. Some people get confused because Randall is a, a boy's, guy's name. A boy's name. So it's unfortunate, but it's fine. So how many of you guys are excited to be here today? Well, we're, we're so thankful that uh, we have family like Pastor Lindsay and Pastor German in our lives. Um, they've been a great mentor for us during this this walk or this process of planning a church in LA, because if you've been part of Avenue Church, you realize how difficult it is. And we came in here at 7.30 and watched them set up, and it's really difficult to set up for church planning. No, it's not. It's not really difficult. It's fulfilling. It's exciting. It, like, they need more people to sign up. That's right. Uh, uh, okay, that's right. You know. No, but we're, we're honored, and I just want to honor them. Let's just give them a hand, you know? Yes. Yeah. We love you guys. You have amazing pastors here, and we are so excited to be here. So let's just jump in. Right on. Well, again, my name is David. This is my wife, Randall. We do have three kids. Oh, You'll, yes. yeah, we, Sorry, we do. She forgot we had kids because we dropped them off everywhere. So two of our kids is actually in Mississippi, my two older kids with her parents. They're pastors out there in Mississippi. That's right. So it's because we, we couldn't do work with them. Yeah. Anything done. Yeah, and but my little daughter Reagan is actually inside the preschool there, two years yeah, old. Yeah, Avenue Kids, right? So Avenue I think we kids. have a picture. Oh yeah, here we go. Here's us. So that's our that's our little family. And then um yeah, you can see why my mom didn't want to take this one. I, I don't understand, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? You're next. Oh. You. <laughs> well, we are continuing a series on earth as it is in heaven. If you have your Bible. Thank you. I'm not even sure where to begin, but I'm just going to start in the scripture verse, all right? In Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. So if you have your Bibles, take it out. If not, it's probably going to be on the screen. And I'm just going to start reading right now. And it says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts and forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this church, Avenue Church, and what they're doing in this community. We just pray that your spirit will just move within Randall and myself, Lord God. I pray that your spirit will help us to speak clearly. I pray that people who are here today will understand what your word says, Lord God, as we move out of here, Lord God, as we continue to reach people in our communities for you, Jesus. So I pray that you would bless this day. In your name we pray, and everybody says, Amen. All right, raise your hand if you are from Las Vegas, whether you're born here or you're raised here. Okay, a lot of us. So, so me and David, we're from Las Vegas. David is actually from Hawaii, so don't, don't get offended. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and so um, we moved from Las Vegas about four years ago, and a lot has changed since we left. Y'all have like your own uh, hockey team now. You have your own football team now. <laughs> I heard you're getting a baseball team soon, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. But um, something that has not changed is it's still hot. (laughs) It's still hot here. Like, I grew up here, and you just, for me, I never got used to it, right? Like, every summer, I'm like, man, it's hot. Like, what? And then every summer on the news, you know, the little, um, the anchor person on the news, they're like frying an egg on the floor. Like, we get it. It's hot. We know. And, And so it's interesting now we live in Los Angeles. It's, it's nice. <laughs> People there are like, oh, it's hot today, 82. I'm like, what? Did you know it's 50 degrees hotter in Las Vegas right now? Like, it's not hot right now. This is, I have a sweater on. <laughs> but, but, you know, being from Vegas, um, it's, it's an interesting community. Like, you can't say you're from Vegas unless you actually lived in this geographical location, right? If somebody from Reno said they were from Vegas, you'd be like, no, you're not. You're, you're from, Re- like, you don't live here because this is like its own little kingdom, right? It's the kingdom of Las Vegas. And it's interesting. Today, we're going to be focusing on the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is not a geographical location in the sense that we understand it today. The kingdom of God, something that Jesus talked all the time about while he was here on this earth. Uh, 32 times in the Gospels it's mentioned. Uh, Even a bunch more times the kingdom of heaven is mentioned. And that's when Jesus said it most. He was talking about how he was bringing the kingdom, how the kingdom was at hand. And, And I need you to understand that this kingdom was not a place. Instead, it was God's authority. It was God's reign. It was God's rule that was coming through the person of Jesus. And Jesus was bringing it to his people. And he's saying, you guys are going to carry this on. And today, in 2021, the responsibility is on us. If you say you love Jesus, we have a responsibility, a right, a privilege, a benefit to bring the kingdom wherever we go. Somebody say, bring the kingdom. If you leave with anything today, I want you to remember this, that one believing person can bring the kingdom of God wherever he or she goes. Bring the kingdom. Uh (laughs) And my wife's so good. Oh, my goodness. I'm blessed, man. I'm a blessed man. Anyway, back in 2018, let me just share a backstory with us. Pastor Lindsay mentioned that, you know, we came to them a couple years ago, and we said we we felt like God was wanting us to 
plant a church, the problem was we had no idea, idea where, we had no idea who was coming with us, and we had no idea when. So what did we do as uh, good Christians? Got on our knees and prayed. So that's what we did. We prayed and we drove. So we drove to San Francisco. We drove back to Las Vegas. We drove down to Orange County. But when we came to Los Angeles, my goodness, I don't know. I, I can't seem to explain it. But it's like the grace of God came upon us, and we knew this is where we're going to bring God's kingdom. It was going to bring it to Los Angeles. We knew that's where we wanted to share his heart with the people of Los Angeles. Now, that was in January 2020, and everybody knows what happened four, four months later. The whole, the whole world shut down. A pandemic hit. But even in the midst of all the craziness and the doubt, we stood on the word of God, and we said, man, God is calling us to Los Angeles. That's where we're going to bring. That's who we're going to share the gospel with, and that's where we continue to do. So in August, we sold everything in the pandemic. We sold our house, packed up our bags with our, with our about to say, four kids. I'm like, we don't have four kids, you know? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> There's an imaginary kid there, but no, I'm just joking. There's nothing there. But we took our kids, and we moved to Los Angeles. Now, there's, a, there's so much more of that story if you ever want to hear about it. No job, no nothing, but we just did it anyway. But anyway, whether God is calling you or telling you to, to move to a new city, L.A., maybe, I don't know, you know, or a new country, or whether it's going to use you right where you are, you can bring his kingdom to the place that God has planted you. And you can do that in whatever season you're in. See, we planted in a season of famine, like we, we like to say, you know, God can do anything at any time and anywhere with whomever he wishes, as long as you're available. So we said yes, and God said go, and that's what we did. Everybody say, bring the kingdom. Bring the kingdom. Now, for the sake of today, I want us to look at the end of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Now, before we go there, some of you guys may have a Bible, and you're like, wait a minute, this section is not in my Bible. Now, if you're reading the NIV or ESV, you're not going to find that. But if you're reading the King James Version or the New King James Version, you're going to see this portion in there. And the reason is this. This part of the verse have, has been removed because some of the earliest manuscripts found in the Bible did not have this portion of the verse. But in other manuscripts, it was actually contained. So it's hard to tell if there was, it was actually removed there was, or if it was always there. However, many scholars believe that acts as a doxology. When I mean doxology, it's like when we end a prayer, we say in Jesus' name and everybody says amen, and that's what we do. That's right. So we can get a lot out of this verse because I feel like the beginning of the Lord's Prayer shows us how to be kingdom-minded, but then this last verse shows us how to bring that kingdom into our world. So I think it's right here, yeah. Um, good job, media team, so good. So it's like, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And so we're just gonna break this down real quick for the sake of time to show us how we can bring the kingdom into our world today. And the first part I see it says, for yours is the kingdom. If you have the passion translation, it literally says, for you are the king. And so the, the first thing in our lives is we have to, in order to bring the kingdom of God, we have to get off his throne. Get off God's throne. You see, um, I think some of us struggle in our lives because we think we're in charge. <laughs> we think we call the shots. In reality, God is in charge of everything. But if you've given your heart to the Lord, it's God who's on the throne. God is the one who is in charge. And we get 
We get stuck because we haven't submitted that to him. But it, it reminds me of my um, two-year-old daughter, Reagan. You saw a picture of her. Uh, she is the most selfish person I know right now. <laughs> Cute, but selfish. She doesn't care about anybody else. She doesn't love me. She likes me because I feed her sometimes. But like, like she's selfish. And, and often I have to say, Reagan, it's not all about you. And maybe I'm like a spiritual mother to you today, and I'm just simply reminding you, like, hey, it's not all about you. It's all about Jesus. The reason that we plant a church in Los Angeles, the reason the Avenue Church exists today in Las Vegas, making a difference in this community, is for Jesus. And so I have a little illustration. This is a much taller chair than when I practiced at home. But, okay, so, so... Okay, fine. I'll just sit in it. So, the, so, so I want you to get this picture, right? When you first give your heart to the Lord, before that, when it's just you, you are on the throne of your life, right? You're making the shots. You're calling the, you're calling the shots. You're, you're in charge. And when you give the keys of your heart to Jesus and you say, come into my life. I want you to be in charge. I want you to be my best friend. I can't do this anymore. I can't do it on my own. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I'm going to let you take control. You get off the throne and you say, Jesus, you, you sit here. This belongs to you. But where I think many of us get tripped up is not the big throne of our life, you would say, yes, I've done that. I've given it to God. I believe he is on the throne. It's all these little thrones <laughs> off to the side that somehow we have just, <laughs> yeah, God, you are in control of my life, but I got the bank account. <laughs> no problem. God, you're, I, you, I trust you with my future, but Clearly, you're not doing anything in the dating category, so I'll just hold on to that. And that, like, uh, oh, that, this guy looks good over here. Like, you, don't worry, God. I got this one. Let me just take this. Or you say, God, you can have my job. That's a big deal. But my kids, well, I'm their mom. So, so I know what's best. And I'm just going to, I know you got a lot of kids to take care of, God. So I'll just, you know, they talked about my kids, God. And I'm going <laughs> to, and we just hold on to these baby thrones. And I think that's where we get tripped up is not like, God, you're over my life, but it's God. What is that one situation that I'm still holding on to? What is that one situation that I haven't said, God, you sit on the throne. God, you are in control. I trust you no matter what it looks like, no matter what happens. You see, I feel like many of us, we really want to bring the kingdom, yet we have these little thrones. There's an example in the Bible where this takes place, and that's the disciple Peter. And in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and, and, and he says, who do you say I am, Peter? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, good job. Yes, that's right. And then just a couple of verses later, literally four verses later, six verses later, something like that. Verse 22 of Matthew chapter 16, Jesus tells the disciples about his crucifixion. And Peter says, no, never. And Jesus actually rebukes him in that moment. One moment, he's doing something good. And the next moment, the, Jesus actually said, get behind me, Satan. Have you ever had that in your life where one moment someone was like living for God and the next moment they were doing something crazy? One moment your husband is really great to live with and the next moment you're like, you're acting crazy. Not you, other husbands, <laughs> other ones. 
But see, in that moment, Peter, he had, he had accepted that Jesus was the Savior. But he hadn't accepted the method in which Jesus chose to save the world. I wonder what thrones you haven't accepted or, or submitted to Jesus yet in your life that are holding you back from effectively bringing his kingdom into your world. Well, let me ask you guys this question. Your dreams, your pursuits, your desires, are they bringing the kingdom? Or are they about you? Listen, I'm not saying you should be a pastor. In fact, I don't recommend everybody to be a pastor. It's a, it's a, difficult, it's a difficult job, my goodness. I look, I have this great poker face out here, but internally, it's like it's a lot of crazy stress going on I thought you were going to say, I used to have a lot of hair. Yeah, that's right. That's true, too. I used to have a lot of hair, and that's all gone, you know, but um, that's all right. That's, that's just being a pastor, guys. You know, you lose your hair. Now, I'm saying that in your profession, your job, the family that you're in, it doesn't even matter. You can bring Jesus where you're at. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you have to invite them to church. Now, I'm not saying that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a great thing. It's a great thing to have a building. It's a great thing to have those things. But you know where the ministry happens? It happens in your house. It happens in your workplace. That's where Jesus is. That's where people are actually going to meet him. So in your hopes and dreams, you can bring his kingdom. Now, Randall had mentioned two verses about Peter, right? Peter um, told, um, mentioned that about Jesus, and then Jesus rebuked um, Peter. And, but then in the same passage in verse 24, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. How do we get off the throne? It's real simple. We deny ourselves and we give it to him. It's not what I want. It's what you want. God, it's not my dreams. It's actually your dreams. God, it's not my kids. These are first year kids. And that last sentence for me is real personal because God had to do a work on the throne of kids in my life, in my wife's life. Wife's, right? Did I say that correctly? Wife, wife. I'm not sure. But I, I got you. A few years ago. Because back in 2000. 18, my wife and I had the privilege of going to northern Vietnam. So if many people don't know, know me, they don't realize I am actually have Vietnamese. My mom's from Vietnam. I'm actually Blasian, as some people call me, or Blackanese, if you want to say it that way. You know, we, had a, we were blessed to go on this trip. And we were doing some ministry out there. And a friend asked us, he says, hey, why don't you and Randall plant a church in Vietnam? And the first thing I said, or the first thing that came out of our mouths was, no. I mean, I probably said a, I don't think I said a curse word, but I probably said H, no, you know, I'm like, I ain't coming to this city or this, this state because I seen the missionary that was out there, the missionary, because of the communist regime, they wouldn't allow the missionary to actually have their kids in the schools. There was just so much rules against the Western um, people from the West coming in. So these kids had no friends for years. I'm like, man, my kids will never go through that stuff. So I said that, yet when we went back, we went back to the hotel. We, we actually had to correct, we actually asked ourselves that question. You know, you're like, I said yes to God to everything. When I gave my heart to God, I said, yes, God, you want to send me to wherever you want to send me. I go to South Africa. That's where I went. I went to Mexico, Rancho de Sus Niños. You know, I went there. You want us to go leave Las Vegas to go to uh, Northern California to be part of this church? I said yes, but the moment someone asked me, would you go to Vietnam? I said no. And I'm like, I had to question myself, and I realized at that moment, I mean, I had an issue with overprotecting my kids, and that kept me from actually planting a church. Now, about a year later, let me speed this up here, we were at an event where these church planners 
were being honored. And the pastor on stage, I kid you not, nailed down to these kids who were just a little older than my son Ryan in roles, and he told them that their parents were the heroes of the faith. Then he got up and he said these words that I'll never forget. If any of you have been thinking about planning a church and you have been concerned about your kids, God wanted me to tell you that your job is not to protect your kids. Your job is to show your kids what steps of faith looks like. Now, granted, Randall and I, at that moment, we started bawling. You ever, you ever bawled so bad where you're like snot and uh, like I was, just, I, was just, I was crying for five minutes, literally five minutes. Uh, someone behind me actually had to give me a tissue. But uh, now... We had to submit that throne, of, that throne to the Lord. We had to say, here you go, God. These are your kids first. You gave them to us, and we trust you. It wasn't until I gave up that throne that my heart, that I could actually bring the kingdom of God to Los Angeles. In order to bring the kingdom, you must get off God's throne. Everybody say, get off God's throne. That's good. And... It's very difficult to do that. You know, David, in, when he was talking, he said, you simply deny yourself. I'm like, it's not simple. And, and I love this verse in um, Matthew 6, 13, the one we're focusing on today, because it says, for yours is the kingdom and the power. And I love that it doesn't say it's my power. Jesus didn't say it's your power. It says it's God's power. It's through God's strength that, that we do anything. And, and many times in my life, I feel like God has asked me to do something, and, and I don't have the strength to do it. And I'm going to guess that you've faced times in your life where you don't know how you're going to do something. You don't know how you're physically going to do it. You don't know how you're financially going to do it. You don't know how you're mentally going to do it. And that's okay. You're in a good spot because God promises to be with us every step of the way through his strength, not through our strength. You know, we're planting this church in Los Angeles and um, all the church planting uh, teachings and manuals say you need to have a location six months before you start. And at six months, we were not even close, <laughs> had nothing. And everywhere we looked, it wasn't even, not even in the ballpark for our budget. And um, we just started praying, we fasted, and uh, I mean, guys, these places we looked at, I mean, it was like $8,000 for one day. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's nice. We could do one service <laughs> every two months. <laughs> but like, seriously, like, and what, so then like the next place was like 7000 I was like, well, we're going in the right direction. But like, this was a big deal. And so we started praying, God, you got to help us meet someone who loves you, that has a spot for us. And I'm not going to tell you all the details because we'd be here a while, but basically on my birthday, happy birthday to me, we met, a, a, we thought was a realtor. He ended up owning a whole building and he was a Christian. And we were looking at this space that was literally a closet and uh, it was a little bigger than a closet and we couldn't afford it. And he asked us what we're doing and we said, well, we're going to, we're starting a new church right here. And he said, do you want to look at a nightclub? We're like, I'm mean, sure. Yeah. Yep, let's, let's go. So we literally went next door, and he shows us this space. And we're like, this, this is the space. This is awesome. But I just looked at that closet that I couldn't afford that was next door. There's no way we can afford this space. It's huge. And uh, he asked us what our budget was, and we told him, and he was like, I can work with that. I was like, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean 
you can work with that. Like, I'm not joking. Like, this is all the money we have. Like, don't, don't be playing with me. And so we made a negotiation and signed a lease at the beginning of this month. And now the Heart LA has a home. We have a place. <laughs> oh, yeah. There it is. This is us. It's crazy because when we walked in, we thought it was just this, but it's a whole second floor. And it's like, man, God goes above and beyond more than anything we can ever guess or request in our wildest dreams. Like we weren't saying, hey, let's, let's plan a church. You need to go in a nightclub. That sounds real cool. No, like we're not that cool. We're just, we're just following God. And so um, what we were making jokes on this. Hey, you got to help me with these jokes. We were saying um, a place that used to serve alcohol, now we're serving communion. Yeah, a place that used to raise their glasses, now we're raising our hands. That's right, a place to, where they used to shake their booties, now they're shaking their Bibles. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it's exciting, and it's like, well, we didn't do that in our own strength. We didn't do that in our own connections. That was God. Here's the thing. We got this blessing, and it's a blessing and a burden. Usually that's how God works. We have a lot to do in the building. We have to paint the whole thing. Uh, we have to, like, all this doesn't work. So we have to, like, that's so nice of them to leave all that stuff that doesn't work. So, like, we have to fix all these things. And it's like, me and David, the first day we walked into this building, we thought, we can't do this. Like, we cannot do this by ourselves. This is, one is, we don't know a lot of the things, all the repairs that need to be made, but we know that God's going to come through. We know that it's through God's strength that we're going to do this. And we're standing on the verse in, in Zechariah 4, 6, where the Lord said, it's not by might nor by power, but by, it's by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty, that he's going to come through. That's good. Wow. Now, remember, Jesus had power while on earth. He caused the blind to see, helped the paralyzed to walk. He healed incurable diseases, literally raised someone from the dead. I wonder where you're at today. Were you in a blind situation? Were you paralyzed? You can't even take a step. What report have you received that seems incurable? I want you guys to know that God has the power. God has the strength. God has the ability to intervene today. And yet, I find it interesting. We, now I mentioned we, because I'm not innocent here. We panic when we face a little bad news. Bad news, interesting though, bad news is the groundwork needed for a miracle. You don't need a miracle when everything's working well. It's in those hard times that God show up. It's in those hard times, those difficult times that drove my wife and I on our knees every morning, literally every morning, to see God move in the city of Los Angeles. And it's taught us that, you know. Did you know that Jesus said that we would do even greater works than him in John chapter 14, verse 2? But listen, he never said we would do greater works without him. It has to be through him. It's through the power of the Spirit we would do these things. To bring God's kingdom wherever you go, you must operate in God's power. Amen? That's you. Thank you. I remind her. That was her, her tra turn. transition. <laughs> the last thing we're going to talk about is how at the end of the day, God gets all the glory. And so in the verse it says, for yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory. So real quick, raise your hand if you have ever cheated on a test. Don't you oh, lie, wow. people. Got a lot of cheaters at Avenue Church. That's all right. God forgives from the, far from the east to the west. He's not just 
watching. I like how everybody was like, is anyone else going to raise their hand? Like, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 me too. But, but listen, when you cheated on that test way back in kindergarten, it's all right. Um, like you took credit for something that you didn't do, you didn't know. It's like you took the glory for something that wasn't yours, right? And many times in our life, we do things or we say things or we act in a way that takes the glory that belongs to God. May I just challenge you today that any good thing in your life is from God. Whether it's spiritual or whether you prayed for it or whatever, like, no, any good thing, any blessing, any miracle, any ounce of health in your body, the job you have, the family you have, sitting here right now in this country, like, like every single thing that is good is from God. And the thing about it is, it's not for your glory. It's for his glory. Everything we do is for God's glory. And I just, I just think about it in this way where, like, there's so much that has happened at our church. And we don't really have time to share all the stories that we wanted to. But I, I'm thinking about this one girl, and I'll just share, David, and then you can jump past all these 12 stories we wanted to share. But, like, there's this one girl on our team, and her name's Christine, and she just joined our team. Um, and she had never passed out flyers before in her life. And so we had this thing set up. We have what's called a startup party. And, and so, so everybody's supposed to pass out flyers. And, you know, we, we in L.A., so don't go alone, right? Like, take a buddy. And she went by herself. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, like, you've never passed out flyers before. And you went by yourself. Like, what, what, are, we, what are we doing right now? But she was all right. And... Um, she felt like the Lord told her to give a flyer to this one particular person. And he had headphones on and he was not like engaged. And she just gave him this flyer to come to a startup party we were having where you could get free coffee, praise the Lord. So just come. And he came and he, he told some of us that he had walked away from God. He didn't, he didn't believe anymore. He didn't have a relationship with him. And yet he sat with a bunch of Christians for like three hours at this event, and I, he's not saved yet, but I just, I'm so excited to share the story when this guy gives his heart back to the Lord. I'm so excited for the miracle because of Christine's obedience to go out and, and be brave. I've never done this before, but I'm going to bring the kingdom right here on Wilshire Boulevard. I'm going to bring it right here. This dude has headphones in. We're not in a church building. He's not expecting it, but I'm just going to go for it. And look what happened. You see, see, we ask these things, and I'm just going to close. The, um, like, why do we have to bring the kingdom? Right, like if God owns it all and has authority of it all, like doesn't he already, his kingdom is already here, like he can do anything he wants. But at the end of the day, God has given us all free will. And so there's, a, there's an aspect of it where Jesus said, the kingdom is coming, it's not yet here. And that's where our responsibility comes into play. There are people who have not yet submitted their lives to God and that's okay. Because in the end, everyone will. 
The Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. So we get to decide, do we want to confess today? Can I have this relationship with this God who loves me? Or am I going to wait until I'm forced onto my knees and I, and, and I don't have a choice? And so this is what we're going to do right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to do two things. The first thing is this. If you're in here today and you don't have that relationship with Jesus, I never want to just pass up an opportunity to to give someone for them for you to make the best decision you will ever make I tell you when you make this decision to give your heart to the Lord and maybe it's just a seed right now maybe you'll go home and think about it more maybe you're gonna just go for it right now but it is the best decision you will ever make so as you're sitting right here I'm not even gonna make you raise your hand today I just want you to decide in your heart I feel like there's someone in here who's saying I just want to try it. I've seen other people experience miracles. I just want to try it. I see other people talk about the goodness of God. I haven't experienced it, but I just want to try it. And so if that's you right now, I'm just going to say this prayer and you can say it along with me in your heart. And if you believe in Jesus, I want you to be fervently praying for those around you right now. Dear Jesus, I I'm getting off the throne and I'm giving you the keys to my heart. I can't do this alone. I need you. I've tried this before and I need you. I admit that I've made mistakes. I've admit that I've messed up, but now I'm giving you the throne. I'm giving you the keys. I'm letting my, my barriers down. I'm going to trust you. Come into my heart. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, here's the second thing. You know, the, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13 that, that there are people of the kingdom and there's people of the evil one. There is no neutral. So you're either acting for Jesus, you're either a person of the kingdom or you're a person of the evil one. And so as believers, I wanna challenge you today to bring the kingdom in your life to the best of your abilities. The, the stakes are too high. If you really believe what we're saying, if you really believe that Jesus is who he says he is, if you really believe that you're going to heaven and your friends that don't know Jesus are going to hell, it is time to bring the kingdom into your workplace. It is time to bring the kingdom into your home. It is time to bring the kingdom to your friends. Listen. Being in LA, we have met so many people, and I'm ashamed to say this, that, that I have more people that are in my life right now as friends that don't know the Lord than I ever have in my whole life. I was really good at, at serving in the church and being a great pastor to all the Christians, all of y'all who came to church. There was a lot to be done, a lot of discipling, which is good. But now we have all these friends who don't know the Lord. And the urgency... You have a face in your mind. The urgency has to be there. You got to put down that, well, what if they think I'm weird? What if they think this is dumb? Who cares? You keep loving them. The Bible says it is God's kindness that leads them to repentance. Who do they experience his kindness from? From you. So I just want to challenge you today. Keep loving them. Keep bringing the kingdom. Keep praying for them. It doesn't have to be weird. 
Like, pray on your own time unless you feel like the Lord tells you to. Bring the kingdom wherever you go. Heavenly Father, right now, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for your word that we can dive into. And right now, God, in this place, I ask that you would light a fire under every believer who's sitting, every believer in the sound of my voice, every believer that's watching online. Right now, Father God, I ask that you would light a fire under their hearts, Lord Jesus, that they would literally bring the kingdom wherever they go, that they would bring the kingdom into the grocery store, that they would bring the kingdom into the bank, they would bring the kingdom on their social media accounts, they would bring the kingdom into their homes God that they would bring the kingdom wherever they go that your name would be glorified God and right now through your spirit I ask that you would fill each person in this room God that they would be filled with boldness God that they would be filled with love God and they would do your work God I thank you and I love you and I praise you in Jesus holy and precious name everyone says together amen amen, amen.